you're on call with Dr. Dave. Ashley is missing from this intro since she's not feeling well, but she is part of the episode. The episode we're talking with Dr. Jesse, who is an eye doctor. So once more, we talk about a few eye-related things. There's a few rough edits in this one because Dr. Jesse and I did a lot of catching up. And we talked about a few things that probably wouldn't be interesting to the uh, standard viewer. We talked about some of our research projects and statistics. So we like you enough to take that part out from the podcast. So we focus on some of the eye stuff that we've seen over the years. We talk about some open globe injuries where the eye itself is directly uh, cut. So some of this can be a little intense for people that have uh, issues with eyes or, you know, thinking about surgical things. Dr. Jesse also tells some sweet stories of, of going the extra mile or in his case, the extra 20 miles to help a patient. So I hope you enjoy this episode. This is On Call with Dr. Dave. We are speaking with Dr. Jesse tonight. I don't even think I have to say tonight because who knows when somebody's listening to this. It's not like live radio here. Like, <laughs> do you ever listen to Conan O'Brien? He does the same thing where he's just like, tune in. Like, Nobody's tuning in. This is a podcast. <laughs> we, we, do, we do this what we want. <laughs> Dr. Jesse, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. So yes, I'm Jesse. I, uh, I do ophthalmology. Me and uh, Dr. Dave did uh, medical school, although he was one year ahead of me, but uh, decided later in life to, to join, to, to look, what, look at the light and join ophthalmology. You know, you know I, I did not think call would be that bad in residency. I don't horrible. know you did. It was awful. Oh, yeah. It was, it was terrible. Like, yeah, people like, oh, opto's so cush. I'm like, no, I was bugged all night, every night I was on call for three years straight. It was horrendous. I <laughs> yeah, so I mean, there, th I'll admit this didn't happen super often, but it happened it, <laughs> more than I liked. I would start call on, you know, Sunday morning, and I'd already have, like, this stack of people to see in the hospital. I'd go do my consults, and then I would just get consults, like, throughout the day. And I would wind up coming home the next day you know, at home at, like, 6 p.m., and I was, like, I was up all day, all night, and I'm just, like, I got the whole week ahead of me. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so tired. It's like, oh, this is awful. Just get me yeah. out of here. I remember one time I was up all night doing surgery and I had an open globe and I finished the open globe in just enough time to scrub out, get to the hospital where I was supposed to be that day and scrub into that surgery. It was like, I just, the attending even had to get the patient like marked and prepped and everything. And I walked in right as that case started. And then three or four cases later, I totally just stabbed myself with a needle because I was so exhausted. <laughs> oh, I'm going with a strabismus surgery, and I'm like focused so much on not screwing up that muscle pass that it's like went perfectly through the sclera, and then I'm like, "Ouch! Oh, <laughs> there it is!" Like, I'm like, I think I need to go home. She's like, "Well, first go to employee health and yes. get the HIV tests." <laughs> yes, yes, it's funny. That was when I. That's when I got uh, got snagged too. It was in Children's Hospital. It was a. It was an oculoplastics case though, and it was the. It was the chair. He nailed me with one of those like claw things. You know the ones that those small little tractors, just mm -hmm. like. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> yeah, my mentor snagged me. Times. <laughs> Thankfully, you know, the kid, it's like, oh, well, if I'm going to get stabbed, at least it's this guy instead of uh, this IV drug user that I saw on, on call. Yeah, the kid's not a bad one to get poked by. It's like, eh. 
<laughs> probably gonna be fine yeah those are you know that that's annoying though going to employee health oh my gosh you have all those questionnaires mm-hmm. you draw all the blood and then they call you and it's just like i was like oh my gosh i'd almost rather just take the risk <laughs> <laughs> well, the hiv dice rather than <laughs> yeah. it's like what are my chances it's like what point less than that percent i think i'll be okay <laughs> Well, I I went in there and they're like, eh, I mean, you could take him if you're that guy, but honestly, your risk is so low. Why bother? I'm like, how long would I have to take him? Like, well, you get results back in a week, whether or not the patient has HIV. This was an adult patient because I got stabbed by my mentor later. And I, yeah, I mean, like in a week, I'm like, oh, I think I could just take the drugs for a week. I don't think that's going to mess me up too bad. He's like, uh, if you want to. I'm like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you just wait you took the drugs and waited for the results that's pretty funny. yeah and then like yeah you know, he tested negative i'm like okay good I, i'm done taking the drugs but the guy almost wanted to talk me out of it like it was some big deal to take antivirals for a couple weeks I'm like what are the side effects like, oh, i mean most people do fine on i'm like okay i okay. think i'll take the, take the pills that's always a fun call to get You're like, i got stabbed today and now i have to take antivirals hopefully i don't have hiv I'm like oh. Fun day you had. Well, and then You're I got tested. Sleep on the couch for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got tested, and then they, I think they retested me at six months, and then a year. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it was the, we moved here, and I'm like, oh, shoot, I never got tested again. So I go to my <laughs> primary care doc, I'm like, hey, I was supposed to get tested one more time for HIV. And he said, is there anything I should know? You're like, stabbing. I'm a surgeon and my mentor stabbed me with a, like, with a, with a He's like, oh, knife. well, who hasn't been stabbed? <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was, it was actually, I wasn't that worried, but it was still kind of nice a year later to test negative for HIV and think, okay, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice peace of mind for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I remember this 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 person came in with an open globe. I've had I had tons of open globes. An open globe is where you have a cut that goes right through the eye. Okay. And so, depending on how bad the cut is, different parts of the eye extrude or come out. Ugh. But this one gentleman had a a pretty bad one, and and most of mine were, you know, you're pretty sure they were not going to see out of that eye after all is said and done, but. I can't. I think it was this one was like a, a blunt force trauma, and you know it went all the way around. You know, spent Oof. hours sewing the eye back together, got it nice and watertight. Couldn't see a thing on day one, <laughs> and couldn't see anything after one week. And so we went back to the operating room, and I also enucleated him <laughs> and put in and put in the the, the prosthesis. So I, I I did the whole thing. I not only sewed the globe totally shut. And then I went back in with the plastics guy and did the whole case for the for the open to take then, it out and put in a put a put a prosthesis yeah. in. And then yeah, the enucleation is the removal of the eye. And a lot of times, yeah, the first goal is to always get the eye closed. That's our that's always our primary goal. And we try to save the eye, even if you're pretty sure nothing's salvageable. We always try to save the eye. And then if it can't, there's always a discussion about if you can't see, then your long-term complications are higher. So sometimes the best thing you can do is remove the eye so you don't run into any other complications. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in particular, you can have an autoimmune response to the other eye. Oh, interesting. So that's, that's why you take it out. And I mean, the literature is, I don't know, it's pretty 
pretty small at best for mm-hmm. for that to happen, but they they recommend it within two weeks or something like that. Yeah. So what what was the original injury that you said is blunt trauma? So was that yeah, a fight? I, thought, I, I believe I believe it was you know the two a.m. clubbing um, altercation or it was in a bar altercation fist to, to face just, just happened to get nailed by, I don't know. So maybe with the guy with either like brass knuckles or, or a, a gnarly uh, ring or something, but it just, it just split all the way around. Yeah. And we've, we've mentioned that before on the podcast that there's no judgment involved. You know, if you want to go have a good time, great, have a good time, but you never want to be out too late to the club. To get a little crazy. Most people are going home around like midnight, 1 a.m. If you're part of that 2 or 3 a.m. club crowd, just think things end up happening. You don't want to be out that late at the club or on the streets. You could be in the emergency room instead of going home. Oh, yeah. So similar. I mean, you know, you had your stiletto and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about there with the stiletto <laughs> through the thing. So yeah. this guy came in, ballpoint pen, his girlfriend, I don't know, they were arguing, and she took a ballpoint pen and went oh, right into his eye, oh. all the way through. So he had had cataract surgery, and his lens just, it was on his cheek. And so, you know, game over. <laughs> you know, sewing that thing closed was a nightmare because it's a hole, right? <laughs> Gosh. Just, I mean, and you, you, you wonder what type of person would once stab somebody, but that's something straight out of a, a horror movie. Somebody grabbing a pen, stabbing you in the eye. That's everybody's. Sounds like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and they were driving. That's the thing. They were like arguing, right? And and he she, like turned around and just went, and then oh. so, so they had to stop. And it's just like it was a nightmare. It was a total nightmare. It was a total nightmare. Oh my gosh. Now, driving. Do you know? Do you know? Follow up? Did they stay together? Were there charges? No, pressed? no, no. I don't know about charges, but no, they did not stay together. That was that was the end of it. <laughs> that should be your ultimate red flag, or you know, this relationship is done. <laughs> yeah, wow. someone, someone lost an eye. <laughs> Dang. Now yeah. I didn't have a ballpoint pin story, and I can't remember if I shared this at all. I, I forget what stories I've shared, but I, I had this poor kid where. He tripped while he was walking and he had a pencil, a sharpened pencil, fell down and stabbed himself in the eye. Nobody knew about it for several days. Oh, he he pulled the pencil out and young, healthy eye and it didn't go in all the way. It went through the cornea, the front part of the eye just barely nicked in the lens capsule. So into the lens that focuses light and then he pulled it out. And somehow that wound self-sealed and oh. his eye was like completely normal. So he's telling me this story and he's this nine, 10 year old kid telling me that he stabbed himself in the eye. And I'm looking at this kid as he's talking to me. I'm thinking, dude, there's no way you're talking to me in my clinic. You're not in the emergency room. Your eye looks okay from here. That's a crazy story. I just thought he was just making up some weird story. I get him at the slit lamp, which is a microscope turned sideways where you can look up close and I can see the little pieces of graphite <laughs> in his cornea. Layer of cornea. <laughs> and then I can see the nick in the lens capsule. And then because the lens isn't supposed to be connected to water, it's supposed to be dried out. It's it all white now. Hydrated. 
And so it was completely white. So now his lens was a complete white cataract. So he only told his parents when he lost vision because the lens swelled and he couldn't see anymore. And they said, like, oh, shoot, I should tell somebody. And it was just crazy to me that, like, one, that kid's a tough little bugger. Say, that kid is a straight-up boss. Like, stab <laughs> I would, I would not pull yeah. a pencil out of my own eye. I would have been screaming, calling oh 911 gosh. instantly. And he just pulls it out and goes around and just does his life. And then doesn't even tell anybody he loses vision. Dude. So, but, but that he would be nightmare. Really Did you do yeah. surgery on him? Yeah, we took out the cataract, put it in an artificial lens. He saw those ones run out like crazy, you know, because there's so much pressure in them. Yeah, like he did really well. Like he was the luckiest little kid ever. Just and then his eye just sealed and Clerical did beautiful and rule us all. Like for, for every eye injury that most people do horrifically and never see again, this little guy just is walking around twenty twenty, no big deal, like a boss. <laughs> Has the best party story ever. So not too long ago, actually, I had a kid that was a paintball and he took off his mask and got nailed so he came in with a, a high theme which is bleeding inside you know between the mm-hmm. iris and the cornea and it was uh you know it was about a third of the the the, the eye was full of blood and um you know we got through that you know by doing steroids and cycloplegic which is basically dialing the eye so it doesn't get these uh scarred down areas from the iris to the lens mm-hmm. and we got through that but then he developed a horrible cataract <laughs> <laughs> and he's 20 something years old right and uh and he's i had to do surgery on him and i was like oh great because i could see where it's wrinkled in the in the capsule and so mm-hmm. those are not easy they're like you can't really nick so the way we do cataract surgery i like to think of the lens like a peanut m&m there's a thin candy shell a chocolate and a peanut layer we make a little mm-hmm. cut in the thin candy shell and make a hole it's mm-hmm. usually circular but because it was had this scar tissue you know dead center you can't really nick it. So I was, you know, trying to make a hole through the scar tissue. You can't do it. And so I had to like make it this awkward, like cut outside of it and then like dissect out underneath it. And like, I got it around and it was, you know, continuous. So I knew after that I was okay. But that was, <laughs> that was, uh, that was tough. And I ended up putting like a, you know, a specialty lens, like a, a symphony lens. So you could see kind of multiple areas to because he's he's going to lose his accommodation he can't see up close after cataract surgery and that's a yeah, you don't have reading glasses when you're thir- when you're 20 exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. paintballs got to be careful my friend yeah paintballs airsoft even nerf i've i've had kids in my office or young adults with nerf injuries that were pretty traumatic to the eye i mean anything that's a projectile you should have safety glasses on at all times. That's one thing we should probably do in an episode. We could do a compilation of reasons what? to wear your safety. All the time. 100%. Yeah. That would yeah. be a five-hour long podcast <laughs> with just my stories alone. I think, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I've taken care of about 60 open globe or like open eyeball like surgeries mm-hmm. so far in my career. And I'm the one that any other eye injury that needs to be removed, that enucleation surgery that he's talking about, if that needs to happen, I do those surgeries. Mm -hmm. And so I've met so many people that, and I have crazy stories. And even I thought about doing an episode just on the open globe injuries, but seriously, if I went through each story one by one, it would be like four or five hours. And so it's sad, but I mean, I think I had. And um, 
and I get a phone call from the from the from the first year, and they're like, "We have we have a, a pretty big fish hook through the eye." I was like, "Oh, oh yeah." <laughs> like, well, we're probably gonna have to go to the OR, aren't we? So they're like, "Yeah." <laughs> I was like, "Okay," and I was like, "So I get there." Ooh, oh, wow! You describe this wow. picture. Yeah. So for the people that can't see it, because we don't have video, the fish hook is not only in the eye, but it's embedded deep where we can only see the part coming out. The other end of the hook is deep where we can't even see it. Right dead in the middle. Center. Of dead, dead center. center. So, uh-huh. so you would think you'd look at that and think, "Oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be awful for that kid, right?" Oh yeah, it went in the sulcus. Oh, what's that? So the sulcus the is the gap. It's a yeah. space between the lens and the iris, and it's like it's a safe zone. I mean, there's not much there. We we do a lot of stuff like that's a nice little area for people. I've never heard that word. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was in the sulcus, and it it you know it probably scraped the anterior capsule just a little bit, but it wasn't wide or anything. And uh, it came out. Oh, let's see if I can show you. Kind of hooks don't like to come out; they're designed to not come yeah. out. So. so, so that yeah, just so you know that these are incredibly tough. Like mm-hmm. we're like, okay, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna get this out? And so we got some ortho cutters, pin cutters. Mm-hmm. We got, you know, big ones. We tried that. We're just like, Ugh. first one, no go. <laughs> Grabbed another one. It's a little bit bigger. You know, I mean, these are, mm-hmm. these are like, you know, it started out like yay big, probably. <laughs> and then by the third one, we we're this big. <laughs> yeah. so, like, the cutters like about as wide, like wider than your shoulders, kind of elbow yeah. to elbow. Yeah. And we were finally able to cut the top, and I'll show you how I cut, what, what it looked like. And so we, I made a, an ins, a cut where the the hook was coming out because it was coming out the sclera, uh, mm-hmm. and then the white part, yeah, yeah. yeah, widened it up and then pushed it through and pulled it out. And so this is the this is what it looks like when it got cut the 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 hook. Okay, so yeah, like just like cut right in half. And I'm surprised that they let the eye surgeon touch the ortho tools. Usually they hand <laughs> us the dainty little tools. And if there's something that's as big as your arm, that's not that's not really what we get that gets close to the eye ever. Everything that we have is usually very, very delicate, but hooks yeah, do not cut very well. We almost had to grab this neurosurgeon saw, like the, the rotator the rotor cutter, but we didn't want to get all the you know, the metal everywhere. Yeah. And plus mm-hmm. the vibration, we didn't want it to, to no, vibrate. Definitely not. <laughs> so, but this is kind of what it looked like after. It doesn't look terrible. No, you know, yeah, you, you the can, eye, can, like it's shaped like an eye, and the, mm-hmm. it's probably going to have a scar, scar in the middle that might need uh, some cornea work in the future. But looks so, like a saved eye. So yeah, I mean, he was like twenty one hundred or so. You know, the first day, I think he got it was around that by the end. But um. And he, he did well for the first couple of weeks and then didn't, he stopped taking his medications, didn't come back, and then he developed a corneal ulcer and then had to get a corneal transplant. Yeah. Yeah. So, follow, follow-up care is really important. I, I realized recently, I was talking to a friend, I didn't realize how few people know 
that their follow-up care is included in the surgery. So even small procedures have what we call a 10-day like global period. Or nine. So for 10, for 10 days, if you go into a surgery or not even a surgery, but it gets stitches or trauma. Any kind of procedure. Most of that's like a 10-day. You can go get your stitches out. If you need help, you go in. But most actual surgeries, if you go to the OR and go under anesthesia for surgery, and most of the time you have 90 days. And whatever comes up with that injury or surgery for 90 days is covered. So there's no reason to not follow up with your surgeon. And I didn't know that people didn't know that. And I've been trying to tell everybody, like, make sure you get your follow-up care. Because I think people are afraid. They see the initial bill. They get the bill from the hospital or their doctor. And they think, oh, man, I can't afford to go back to this person. But you can for 90 days. And as long as it's related to your original issue, we can't charge you. Well, also, you've already paid for it. Yeah, that's the thing. You've already you've paid already for paid it. You've already paid for your follow-up care with the the surgery that you've had. So not getting it is just... It's just like, hurting, it's just just hurting yourself. You. So I, I'm, I'm trying to tell everybody now, like, please come back. You're not getting charged more for it. You, you need to be seen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And sadly that... you, you And I mean... I'm sure you're well aware. Uh, there's a ton of people from the ER that uh, follow up is tough. God, could have. Mm-hmm. I saw this. Oh, this. I, I guess he's homeless. I get. I don't know how to describe it. He gave me an address, but I'll tell you what. Why I was like, oh yeah, you're you're definitely homeless because I. <laughs> he's from the ER. Let's see here. He was a uh, is a high FEMA case, and I was like, look, man, your pressures are high. You got a you got a lot of red blood cells in there got to watch you and so i saw him in the er and i was like i'll see you tomorrow in the clinic and you know he gets dropped off i was like oh hey okay he's like so who's that oh you know it was the it was the cleaner guy from the hospital he just was kind and he just dropped me off here i was like oh okay all right uh, how are we gonna get home where is you know home mm-hmm. and he's like oh i live over here you know kind of by the the train tracks i was like okay and so I was like, well, you know, you, you really shouldn't, uh, you know, move moving around a lot. You should kind of take it easy, kind of stay vertical or 30 degrees. We got to do all these drops. You got them from the ER. So thank heavens you don't have to go to the pharmacy or anything like that. How are you going to, so how are you going to get home? He's like, I was going to take the bus. And I was like, okay, where is the bus? It's Sunday. And when does it come? He's like, I don't know. He's like, maybe I'll walk there. I was like, you're off 12th street. I just told you, you shouldn't be like walking around. That's like, that's like 20 miles from here. It's like, you gotta be kidding me. I was like, I will take you to your house. <laughs> so I drive him and he's like, just stop here. I was like, stop. There's no house here. We're like, just by the train tracks. He's like, Oh, I just live over there. I was like, can't I just drive there? He's like, Oh no, no, no. And finally, after he left, I was like, Oh my gosh, this guy lives in a homeless community underneath the bridge that he's driving, that he's walking to. And I needed to see him the next day. And I was like, you, you got to come. How are you going to get there? It's like, I can call mm-hmm. someone. I was like, I'm going to pick you up <laughs> this time. You got to be here. <laughs> so I picked him up the next day and like drove and made sure he was okay. And then he did find someone that would come and go. But after I stopped helping him out, like he never came to his appointments. I'm just yeah. ah. <laughs> Doctor Jesse going the extra mile or I'm extra kidding. twenty miles driving your patient home from the clinic, like, picking a them up. Yeah, I don't know if I've heard of that before. <laughs> See, and that, 
I don't think people get how much we really care about our patients. We don't want them to have bad outcomes. We want you to see, we want the things that we do to matter to the point where you drove him home and picked him up the next day. <laughs> Make sure he got his care. Thank you so much for your time. I loved catching up with you and thank you for sharing your stories. Yeah, you're welcome. You have a good night. Hi, this is Dr. Dave. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Please rate, review, and share this episode so that we can continue to get you more stories in the future.